Welcome to Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through cyberspace with candid conversations about cyber and tech-related issues with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, I'm joined by Neil Dewson-Smith again, um, Sergeant TCS on Twitter. And we are basically talking about don't stream and drive again, but actually we talk more about distracted driving. And that's because we're coming up to that time of the year where it's Christmas, people are going to do things that they may not normally do. They may be taking new journeys uh, using their phones. So today we go into why it's so important that distracted driving is something that we all try to avoid. Um, and we kind of talk about where, where we're at two years on from um, him being on Cyber Synapse season one. Um, I think he was episode three, actually. Um, got some fantastic episodes coming up for you towards Christmas. And we've got um, two kind of like biohacking ones, one which kind of goes into um, kind of family therapy. It was a really, really fabulous episode. And then an absolute cracker to take you into the new year. So... I will probably do um, a bit more of a Merry Christmas introduction before the ones closer to Christmas. However, this is the one that I wanted to get out early December and then it can be shared around Christmas time. So this is just as important as drink driving and driving under the influence. And, you know, Neil and I do a really, really quick short summary of why this is so important. And, you know, you may think you're capable of doing much more than you can. Take a listen to the interview. See you next time. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. And welcome back, Neil, to season three. Um, so you were you were on uh, season one. For those who haven't listened to season one, um, uh, I suggest you go back and do that. Um, but Neil, you came on very, very early on in um, the, the podcast series with a really, really important message, which two years later we seem to be revisiting. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is how come we're revisiting this message again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we're, we're going to have a quick chat about the video that you did on uh, Twitter the other week where I realised that, yes, the law definitely needs to change, particularly considering that two years on, we're still having the same conversations about phones and driving, um, streaming, and uh, your, your campaign that you started two years ago with Don't Stream and Drive. Mm-hmm. So, welcome back. Thank you for having me. And where where are we up to in terms of the law and you know your your little walk and talk video that you did the other day? Um, where are we up to with the law? It hasn't changed. It's mm-hmm. exactly where it was when it came into play in two thousand and three. It hasn't changed a jot, um, and that's something that I've been sort of um, raising for a number of years now, saying that the the advancements in technology and how we use mobile phones. Um, I mean, I can remember being a traffic cop. I was on traffic in, in 2002, 2003, when the mobile phone legislation came in. There was a big sergeant was there, right, well, everybody out, go and find somebody using a mobile phone and give them a ticket. I want lots of tickets and all this to it. And there was an excitement about going out and doing that and, and, and being able to deal with that. But when you think about what a mobile phone was, what it looked like and how it functioned and what it was capable of in 2002, and now what you can do, the legislation is completely out of step with the technology and that's part of the problem, part of the problem. Yes, 
Yes. So on, on your video, I mean, um, I'm, I'm talking at you. So you and I know what you did in the video, but obviously listeners won't. Um, mm. You were, what was interesting is you were actually having a bit of a walk down the, um, I think it's the back lanes of where you work, wasn't it? You were on your lunch break. Okay. Um, for me, what was interesting is in the middle of talking, you said, oh, I'm just going to move to the side while a car comes past. And as the car came past, you actually went silent for a moment. Okay. And for me, that was like, and that's what happens when we're concentrating on life, you know, staying out of the way of a, ve a one-ton vehicle that might just run you over, your cognitive capacity slowed right down. And then when the car had gone, then you carried on. Yeah, and and I, I kind of thought that would have been brilliant to, to emphasize and show. Um, and I think that's happened a couple of times when, because you, you've got a really nice... Um, like wooded back lane that you must just go out and have a bit of tree bathing um, in, in your lunch break. Just take time out, which I think you need to in your role. But I, I've kind of seen over the last two years that the, you've done a couple of blogs, there's been the campaigns, and I think you mentioned about the new cars that are coming out with the new safety features, which are not really safety features. Um, so I'm just going to witter on one of my um, friends works at uh, Land Rover Jaguar, ja uh, Jaguar Land Rover, turn it right. And we were talking about the new technology, how you can wave your hand, you can make the sound go up and down. Uh, and I said, so you're still looking at the screen. So effectively, now you've got a computer screen in the middle of your dashboard. Yeah. that You're waving your hand at and, you know, gesturing at and turning things up and down. And so whilst it's not actually a smartphone in front of you that you tip tap in on or a gps you've now got this other system that you now need to concentrate on yeah. and it will tell you if your tires are going a little bit flat while you're driving mm -hmm. so you know how much is that going to distract people where you know i i think the conversation you had was the about conversations on the phone as well as the technology mm. so that's just to give uh, kind of people a little bit of a background as to what you were talking about at the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're fresh off the, fresh off the butt this morning. So where, where do we go with this? Why do we seem to be still talking about this two years on and why does technology seem to be enhancing the distraction and yet the law's not changing? Why are we still dealing with it? Um, I'd take you back to 1969 and say, Drink driver legislation came into play in 1969 and we are still dealing with it now. Yeah. 50 years of campaigning, 50 years of, of, of tackling drink drive, it's still an issue. Um, my view has always been that the use of mobile phones by drivers is our new drink drive. It's our, you know, drink drive is still a problem for us, but this is the new emerging thing. Mm -hmm. And emerging is probably a, really the wrong word because it's here. Um, but this is the problem that we've now got, and it's going to take many, many decades for people to correct. And I think one of the biggest things that need that will take time to correct is people's mindset, because the legislation in 2002 when it came in said, if you're doing this while you're driving, mm -hmm. it's no good. Holding the phone to your ear and in your hand while you're talking on the phone is not on. But if it's hands-free, it's happy days, it's legal. Mm -hmm. And we've got plenty of evidence now and plenty of case studies and plenty of cases that have gone through the courts with fatalities and serious injuries where people have been on the phone who've been hands-free that show that hands-free is a cognitive load. It, it affects your driving ability, it affects your safety, um, and therefore it's not a thing to be doing. But unfortunately, the public have been conditioned by legislation that says that hands-free is okay. 
And that's a big hurdle that we have to get past to try and convince people and make them understand that uh, they say, well, it was safe before. Why is it not safe now? And you say, no, no, it was never safe. Yeah. But yeah. we've had sort of 17 years of, of, of people thinking that it is, and that's going to take some time to correct. Actually, when you say it that way, 17 years, it's a bit, it's a long time, isn't it? It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in 17 years, let's just see if I can, and, and I'm going to do what you did right at the beginning. Let's just see if listeners can actually just take that length of time, 17 years, from the old Nokia clicky bricks, you know, that all you could do was answer and, you know, um, very basic texting through to where we are now where you can stream your music, you can watch a video, you can Snapchat, you can, you can um, let's say Facebook, you can do all of the smartphone things yeah. right in front of your face whilst you're supposed to be concentrating on the distance between you and the car in front. Yeah. The, particularly if you're on a motorway, all of the lanes of traffic that are happening. And I yeah. think, um, I might get you to speak actually about the, and I'm gonna give a caveat on it because it is quite a distressing, um, event the the one that you talked about with the lorry driver and then the the coach of young people yeah 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 so that's that's how quickly things can change and you know fatalities can occur yeah yeah so would would you like to well not would you like to because it's not it's a bit gross isn't it really but would you like to um tell us about that story and what happened in terms of how quickly things can change with the the second lorry driver yeah, um, this is, is obviously not my investigation. I think it was Newport Pagnell, I think, on the M1. Yeah. Um, uh, it basically involves two um, articulated heavy goods vehicles and a minibus that was taking people to the airport. Um, the HGV1, uh, driven by a gentleman uh, called Masurek, um, he was drunk. He was um, tired. He stopped, in, in, in a nutshell, he came to a stop in lane one on the motorway and fell asleep in his cab. Um, he claimed uh, in his defence that he was poorly, he was unwell and all the rest of it, but they had none of that and, and agreed that he was drunk, he was over the limit and he just fall, and he fell asleep. Um, but he was completely stationary in lane one. I think the CCTV cameras from the motorway show that he was stationary for about 11 minutes. I'd, I'd, I'd mm -hmm. add a, a yeah. caution to that because I'm trawling depths of memories for things with that. But he was stationary for, for a, a certain period of time. Um, now, you can imagine it's, it's at night time or the early hours of the morning on the motorway. The traffic's not particularly heavy, but it is the M1 at the end of the day. So yeah. there's traffic flowing and what have you, but they are all managing to avoid it. But then there's a, always going to be that occasion where somebody comes along, they see the truck, they get behind and think, oh, I can't get out. Yeah. We've all been there where we've got, we're coming up behind a truck that's moving slow and think, I'll, I'll go in a minute, I'll go in a minute, I'll go in a minute. You're looking at, oh, I can't go. And then suddenly you're doing 20 miles an hour behind this really slow moving vehicle on the yep. motorway as well. Yeah. We've all been there. Whatever the circumstances, the minibus ended up behind this stationary HGV, couldn't get out into lane two and became static. So he's now, we've got two stationary vehicles in lane one um, and essentially this minibus can't get out. Whilst this minibus is waiting for its opportunity to get out, HGV two, number two is coming down lane one um, behind them. 
It's driven by a gentleman by the name of Wagstaff. Um, he was um, engaged in a mobile phone conversation, mm-hmm. hands-free. So as far as the legislation is concerned, it was a completely legal phone call, hands-free. Um, I think he said in his defense that he was talking to another driver who was driving somewhere else and they were talking about football and politics and other nonsense. But they were just obviously having a conversation um, and a lot of people would view that as talking to somebody who sat next to them in the car. He's coming down the motorway on his hands-free call. He's on cruise control at 56 miles an hour and he... um, is cited by his defense as having inattentional blindness or inattentive blindness in that he doesn't see the stationary vehicles in lane one ahead of him at all. Mm-hmm. So with no loss of speed, no braking, no deviation, no anything, 56 miles an hour, he just plowed straight into the back of the minibus and crushed that minibus between the two HGVs, um, eight people, Um, lost their lives it was dreadful Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the basic circs of it Mm -hmm. Um, Masurak the driver of the front HGV was um, convicted he was sent to jail for 14 years I think um, because he was obviously the cause of what happened Um, Wagstaff was also jailed but for considerably um, less time um, and, um, and dealt with for a different matter um, because the phone angle was completely legal. Yeah. Um, so he did, he was jailed, but for a considerably shorter sentence uh, and a different offence. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the reason, the reason I wanted you to kind of recall that, that story there, Neil, is because we're talking about somebody who was having a conversation on the phone. Mm. So I thought what we could do, um, so where, where you hadn't planned, I'd done a little bit of, okay, what I really want to highlight is what was going on for that, that lorry driver that was talking. Um, so bearing in mind, we've had this conversation before. We've mm-hmm. chatted on Twitter over quite a few years now in terms of things that the brain can do and things that the brain can't do. Yeah. What One of the differences between the remark that you made about um, somebody sitting at the side of you and talking on the phone is the person at the side of you is also in the same environment looking at the same particular information that's coming in and quite often they will get the cues of we're heading towards a roundabout which means the driver who's talking to me now needs to concentrate and that concentration is only going to minimize uh, the conversation that we're having for a, a micro moment mm-hmm. and then when we've crossed the roundabout then it's you you reuptake it yes and the difference for me is when you're on the telephone, the person doesn't know where you are, can't see what's around you, doesn't recognise that you are slowing the tempo of your conversation down because you're paying attention to different things at different times. And one of the things we know from neuroscience is we cannot multitask. Mm-hmm. As much as um, human beings like to think that they can, we, we literally can only give um, micro moments to different tasks, which looks like we're managing lots of them at the same time, but it isn't. So we end up with um, excessive cognitive load if we go from one task to another to another, yeah. and it tires us out. So for me, this is why I think the legislation around phone calls definitely needs, you know, as, as you said uh, in your, your um, video, and as we've said many a time, 
we need to be protecting people. We're no longer having a short phone call to say, um, I'll be home in 20 minutes. Can you put the kettle on? It's, oh, I've had such a long day at work. And then we get into our own stuff. And quite often, that's what conversations are about. So I'm just thinking that lorry driver talking politics, football, they will have been passionate subjects, you know, um, and, and then discussing which will have required that driver to go into his memory to bring bring up, you know, what he saw at the football match. Yeah. They, um, they start to um, <coughs> visualise mm -hmm. what it is that they're talking about. And, and so... It, it just, I used an example on a, on a video a, a good while back now where I had a cardboard tube from a, from a toilet roll. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is, you know, your brain and the capacity of what it can hold. And then we stuffed tissue in each end, in the end. And we said, this is your ability to be able to see, and this is your ability to be able to control the car. And this is, and there you go. It's all in, you can do it. And it's fine. Everything's in there. And it's fine. And then we said, "Now this piece of tissue is you now getting involved in a in a mobile phone call whilst you're driving, hands free or handheld." And of course, you push it in at this end, and your observations drop out the other. Yeah. And they, yeah. That that's in a very simplistic way. So it shows you cannot if you if you there's a there's a finite amount of capacity that that you can manage mentally and if you start adding things into the way other things will suffer as a consequence yeah so where, where you'd said you uh, and and it's very very um neuros well it's neuroscience and um, when you start to consider and think about a concept you are doing abstract thinking when you're recalling memory you have a visual um uh, recollection which actually takes up the same space as the observational information coming in. So you're trying to use the same area. And I'm now going to quote what the solicitors likely said. That's what looks like inattentional blindness. Mm. Because actually his attention was on his internal imagery rather than the out external observation exactly. of what was happening, you yeah. know, in terms of all oh, these vehicles don't seem to be moving or looking, moving. but not seeing. Absolutely. Just, yeah. 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 So, in terms, in terms of, and I'm just thinking, apart from we're doing a bit of bungee whining and, and kind of going, this is why, where, where do you think we are in terms of your campaign? Because I know Don't Stream and Drive was, was really successful. It can't, it, we're at a stage where it, it can't have been that successful in terms of people are still bloody doing it. Mm -hmm. So where, where, where do we go from here? How do, how do we get traction on this? I think it's, um, I've always looked at it as being playing the long game. It was never going to be a short-term fix. Um, <laughs> you know, I draw you straight back to the, the where we started with Drink Drive and 50 years of campaigning and it's still a problem. Yeah. It's going to be a long game um, to play out this. Um, and I've always looked at the campaign on the basis that if I run the campaign and join the run-up to the campaign, I challenge somebody who I end up with in a dialogue with who realises what they've done and goes, you know what, you're absolutely right, I'm not going to do that again. At that point, it's a complete and absolute success because it's about word of mouth and passing it on. And there's a lot of stuff that will no doubt go on behind the scenes that I never become aware of that helps to either make me people change their behavior or just prick their conscience a little and maybe make them question what they're doing, even if they don't immediately stop. My mm. question is, mm, and that's the, the, the long-term game really. Um, and so it's going to take time and it's, and, and I'm convinced it's going to take decades to, to correct. And one of the things that you touched on earlier, um, with the hand gestures and, and all these kind of things is that, um, 
I'm, I'm utterly convinced that manufacturers are building um, functionality into vehicles that is distraction. But they're marketing it to us and selling it to us on the basis that it's actually making us safer. Um, yes. And it seems like a falsehood to me. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's the bit that's the bit that I'm um irked at. Because um as I said to you, yeah, I mean A, I talk with my hands anyway, so I'd probably be turning volumes up, um heating down, you know, you name it. I'd i <laughs> I would not do well in terms of talking in a car because my hands would still be wafting around. Um but there's something about we don't need it. We absolutely don't need it. And, and that takes us away from the, the human aspect of being, being sat in a car and feeling the vehicle. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, the idea of knowing that maybe um, one of your tyres is slightly less than the rest or, or you can feel. So I'm, I'm just thinking I tend to drive old cars. Um, mainly because can't afford brand new ones. So, you know, I can tell when the wheel bearings go in, I can tell when the, the bush has gone on the suspension. It, it's, I don't need all of these gadgets. I'm quite happy. Um, I mean, in my car at the minute, I don't even have a radio. So mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, it's, it's about driving where we're not distracted. Mm -hmm. And yet when I look at these, these fancy cars and I think, well, why, why do I need to know about the such and such a level while I'm driving? It's distracting enough trying to remember if you've left your for some people um you know if you've left your full beam on or your fog lights which i know is another one of your irks um we, we might even get on to that as well um in terms of you know it's that's the dashboard that's in front of you yeah the number of people i drive behind on the motorway that still have their indicator on so that for me there's something louder than the tick tocking that they haven't been able to pay attention to their to their screen in front mm -hmm. of them that's going and, and that that makes me wonder, you know, what on earth is going on in that vehicle that they haven't recognised that their indicator is still ticking? Yeah. It's it's totally distracting for the drivers behind. Um, mm -hmm. That person in that vehicle has clearly not noticed that their indicator is still on, which tells me that's because they're dealing with something else. Yeah, yeah. They're pouring their coffee, having a chat on the phone. Anything, yeah. Mm -hmm. Think mm -hmm. about how they're going to deal with a difficult conversation with somebody when they get home or anything. It could be absolutely anything. Yeah. 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 I did have a little bit of a, um, a memory intrusion while we were talking. So we, I know you're doing your campaign. Um, what did you think to that Black Mirror episode? That I, um, So I, I think I told you about the Black Mirror episode where you went after it. So the, the, without giving any spoilers away, the, the latest season, I think it's the last one, he goes after the... the um, the CEO of the equivalent of Facebook to have a go at him because apparently the story goes he was distracted in his car because he got a notification from this uh, social media platform and when he looked at the social media platform he didn't see the other car and they had a big crash right so that that's the premise of um, the, the episode is he blamed it on Facebook or the equivalent but mm. what it was was actually he was distracted driving Mm, mm. And the whole premise of the, um, the the episode led up to this recollection of his memory of this accident occurring where his wife died, another driver died, etc., etc., and he survived. Mm. Okay. Um, I do remember you sending it to me, and I did watch it, and I'm completely blank with, with, <laughs> with recalling it. Um, I would say, though, that... Um, on what you've outlined there, that it, it's a bit like um, being caught drink driving and blaming Carlsberg. 
yes, yeah. Um, so I think, yeah. yeah. And so I, I sort of look and think, it we in in many regards, and I think it's sort of even more present over here now than it ever used to be. And I think it probably stems from behavior and, and culture in America is that we, we, we seek to try and blame somebody for everything that happens to us. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot less um, willingness to accept personal responsibility for some of the things that we've done. So if we, if, 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 a, 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 if, if, <clears throat> ill fate and, and and something befalls us well then we look to see who we can blame for it rather mm -hmm. than saying you know what i was probably distracted and then i shouldn't have been on the phone yeah well i mean that's that's in psychology we call that locus of control mm -hmm. <laughs> some people will internalize and go actually that was all my fault because i did this 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 and this and mm -hmm. then i think what got muddled up in the the black mirror episode for me is because it was all about Facebook and about the equivalent and this person chasing the CEO what what was lost is actually he was distracted mm. so you know it, it was it was the message was there and it was underneath I don't think it was absolutely crystal clear mm -hmm. and you know programs like that are really influential they could have made a lot of difference yeah um, again what I think happens for a lot of humans is they go yeah well that'll never happen to me and that's, that's, I think, the, the fight that, you know, I'm now thinking two years on, I'm having this conversation. I reckon I'll be speaking to you in five years, ten years. Well, exactly. Still doing this. We watch so many television programmes and so many films and, 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 and stuff on YouTube and all the rest of it where um, people driving and having a conversation <coughs> on the phone is portrayed. And nine times out of ten, not always, but nine times out of ten, it's hands-free and and, it, and and so again it, we hit that legality sort of point of view um, but if all the advertising and all the campaigning and everything that we do says don't do this and holding and show pictures of people holding phones to their ears well then drivers are going to look and say well I don't do that so I'm fine yes because I've got the button or I have my headset in or I you know yeah, I've got Bluetooth, I've got this, I've got steering wheel controls and, and I don't need to take my hands off the steering wheel and I don't need to touch my phone and, and I'm perfectly fine. And you think, well, yes, but this, the, the whole, the central processing unit is is somewhere over there. Yeah. With half of one, you know, so, yeah, it's going to take a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I was sat somewhere, uh, I was driving somewhere the other week and I was at... Um, set of traffic lights and and i could see at the side of me the the woman in the passenger seat was leaning towards i don't know whoever she was with showing the phone and I, I was kind of taken aback going oh my word so actually it's not always the drivers that are doing the distracting no no, no. It can actually be you know for example um so this this young lady might have gone oh look at this picture that's on snapchat or look at this picture look what i've just been sent and then kind of shoves it in the face of the driver yeah. And the driver is then distracted to look at the phone, A, because of the relationship status or whatever's going on between the two people in the car. So we, we've got this, we've got this bombardment. I mean, my, my irk is if um, my children are in the car and they're on their phones and it's nighttime and I'm like, turn, turn it off, turn it, because it's big blue oh. light on the inside of the car. And it really distracts me from what I'm doing. And that's just them looking at the phone when they're in the back seat. Mm. Um, 
and it's because it, it really really is quite bright and i have a thing about blue light as it is um but i i'm thinking it's really distracting when they're playing videos and it's really distracting when they've got music on their phone or they're having a conversation um because that's another thing that we do isn't it we try and listen into what's going on you know behind us at the side of us so yeah. I, I really think you know this idea of driving and phones etc etc ought to be when we're learning to drive okay. and then i'm going to go comma however I think we had a conversation about GPSs is now becoming, you know, learning to use um, GPS whilst you're dri learning to drive mm -hmm. is the new is the new way to learn. Um, which brings me to quite a funny story, actually, since we since we spoke, my eldest son was going off somewhere and his I think he was his phone. He dropped his phone and all the screen was cracked and he was he was heading off somewhere. And I said, well, where's your map? <laughs> yeah what a silly question that one was in 2019 <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because he just went oh what i said a road map well, do yeah. you not you not pay attention to road numbers do you not pay attention and then we had this big conversation about you know both of us have been in the army and you know we we were taught orienteering map reading and yet when it comes to driving this outsourcing to this gps these you know these um maps we, we just don't do anything that requires us to think about where we're going or pay attention and look at road numbers, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what do you think about the idea of learning to drive and whilst you're learning to drive following a sat nav in terms of what it is we're now teaching young people to do in terms of learning to drive? If we're not, if we're not kind of added in this level of distraction. Yeah, I think it adds value. I, I don't. I, I can't see it ever being um, a harmful or an unnecessary um, addition to to that. I've never really considered it as a as a as a driving test sort of examining and learning process. But it has value definitely um, because it's become part of everyday life. I mean, as an interesting sort of side story, um, when I was first driving a panda around Manchester, um, we had A to Zs. That's what we had. We had an A to Z map book. And if you didn't know where you were going, you looked it up, worked out your route, and then off you went. Mm -hmm. um, if um, it was almost embarrassment to actually shout up on the radio and say, where's that? What happens these days with police officers is police officers say, have you got the postcode? Yeah. And you know that they're using sat-navs and stuff. And the thing that bothers me more than anything is the fact that is that police officer that's been past that incident that's out in a car and asked for the postcode, driving, using a radio, and inputting a postcode into a sat-nav at the same time? Or are they parked at the side of the road and doing it? I don't know. But that brings all sorts of concerns to me. Because for me, the priority around sat-navs is, yes, use them. Yes, have them on voice command. Um, don't find yourself in a situation where you're driving and virtually focused on I'm left here. Is it here? Is it where you're looking more at the map and your position on the map as to where you actually are on the road and what's happening in front of you and around you. Um, and, and they're not infallible. And if it goes wrong, stop, reset it. None of this trying to fiddle while you're driving, you know, uh -huh. yeah. be it, <laughs> navigation wheels in fancy cars or touching the screen or waving your hands at it or whatever it happens to be stop concentrate on that get it done and then continue your journey
yeah my my ex-husband was a lorry driver and um we regularly i mean we would just we would argue anyway but the argument that we would have the most would be when we were in uh the van the car whatever and he would have the sat nav in the middle of the uh, dashboard and as we were talking he'd be changing the route and I'd be saying pay attention to the road look at the road look at the road mm. then it'd be I am looking at the road and I'd be saying but you're not looking at the road you're looking at the bloody sat now escalation and then we'd have a row so you know that probably wasn't very safe driving either no that was related to his belief that he could stare at the road ahead and use the sat nav and probably light a cigarette, have a coffee, you know, read a magazine and all the rest of it because he was a lorry driver and he'd been doing it for, I don't know, X, X number of years. And so that there's this, I think it becomes quite ingrained, doesn't it? The more we do something and the more we become the master craftsman, the more we believe that we can kind of not pay attention to it in the same way, but yet still have the, a, a, a cognitive bias, actually, that yeah. we're capable of doing more than one thing at once. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm just thinking about that's what I tend to find when I talk to young people about, um, you know, if the, if they do stream and drive, because it's a conversation I have with lots of the adolescents that come into uh, therapy, because I talk about, you know, what do you do online? What do da, 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 And, you know, which side, which side of the steering wheel do you have your phone? That's usually how it starts. Mm. In terms of are you left handed, right handed? OK, so if you've got it on the left and you're right handed, how does that distract you? And are you paying attention to the road? And what does that feel like? Yeah. You do. And then what I do in therapy is I'll get them to do tests. And while they're doing a test, I will give them a distractor. And then we have a conversation about how did that feel that you thought you were capable of doing this? And actually, all I've done is given you two tasks in a static room. Mm -hmm. And you can't manage both of them. You know, yeah. what, what's that like? Because mm -hmm. I think there's, there's some good videos out there. Um, in terms of um, one I saw a couple of years ago is they were asking a, a young person to text and go around some cones and do and literally they were crashing into the cones yeah uh, and I wouldn't I wonder if they should be on TV a bit nobody watches television do they that's yeah. that's the point how do you yeah how do you get a campaign out when nobody under the age of 25 really watches telly yeah it's taking it to where they are and, and fish where the fish are and if they're on social that's where you've got to put it that was one of the prime drivers of Don't Stream and Drive, was there's no point in trying to do leaflet drops and, and, and camp, you know, not that I was going to do that, but campaigning in the traditional sense wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. You would take it to where the problem is and take it to the community. Um, and, and, you know, that's how it works. And hopefully that's how it will eventually sort of continue to progress. But yes. if they're on YouTube, well, then that's where we've got to take the, um, the thing to. And if they're on Twitter, that's where we've got to take it to. And if they're on Facebook, that's where we've got to take it to. Um, have you have you taken it to Snapchat yet? Because that's where quite a lot of the young people are. Yeah, Snapchat is um, is not my favourite platform. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I've I, I don't get on with it, so it's very difficult for me to actually um, infiltrate that that sort of platform. But um, what Snapchat does do is it provides me with a great amount of content of people actually engaging in streaming and driving and stuff because you can just go onto the map and find them it's so so easy um the the difficulty with it is that snapchat doesn't tell you when you go on the map snapchat doesn't tell you who that user is so it's more demonstrating um their um the behavior and the problems of it rather than trying to identify an individual to say blah we need to speak to this person 
Yeah. Um, but but Snapchat is full of problems. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah. much stuff will be behind locked accounts and things as well. So. Um, yeah, mind you, as as and I will I will kind of mention it on here. That uh, I mean, I've been pointing out um, some of the conversations that we've had. I, it's on LinkedIn. It's mm. on LinkedIn mm. for professionals with large followings that have quite a bit of influence. And whilst whilst most of them tend to do motivational videos or a discussion mm. about what's happening in the news, so it's they are they are kind of trying to do the right thing by having a conversation. It's the fact that they're doing it while they're driving. So, yeah. you know, for example, the, the streaming driving and having a motivational talk. Mm -hmm. I think, how, how can you actually get into the motivational talk, again, distracted, when you're not paying attention to the road or you, you see people and they're trying to not look at the camera and then they're driving, but you can see them kind of going backwards and forth. And it doesn't seem to be a very motivational speech if they are concentrating on the driving. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's. I'm. I'm just thinking about kind of campaigns towards Christmas time, which is why we're doing this recording now because obviously I want to get it out um, early December so that we can start saying it's not just about don't drink and drive. This is this is also just as also dangerous. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. People out having a great time and then sharing their Christmas and boom. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to point people towards your Don't Stream and Drive campaign on here. Um, maybe some, maybe some other videos. Um, is there anything? Is there anything we need to talk about? I mean, I know, I know there's <laughs> fog, fog lights. Um, yeah. I'm actually very. I, I love listening to you about the fog lights thing because it's just so interesting how people don't understand that that particular um, issue either. It's but, a bizarre thing, and it's one of those things that just sort of. Irk is a good word to use, and you've used it a few times today. I drove into the town nearby the other day. It was pouring with rain. It was very dark and gloomy, and I went past three police cars all driving around with just day daytime running lights on. Um, and as they as I looked in my mirror as they went past me the other way, they've got no tail lights on because daytime running lights on most cars only illuminate the front. And you're like, if the police can't get it right, how on earth are we expecting the public to get it right? Um, and, and people get the lighting on the cars wrong all the time. Mm -hmm. you know, do we teach in the driving test? You talked about it. Do we teach in the driving test people what lights you need and when? I, I, I don't know. I don't, we do. I don't think we do. But there's lots of things to go at and, and lots of different things to look at. And, and, but it's just... Um, I sometimes have to temper my, um, my thoughts because I think... I am trained as an advanced driver. I'm lapsed now because of my the time that I've spent in custody and in the control room. But I was, and you don't forget those things. And so am I trying to apply my standards, which are perhaps higher than the average drivers, to everybody? And is that unfair? But you also think, well, you turn your windscreen wipers off when it stops raining. Well, so I, if you put your fog lights on when it's foggy, why have you not turned them off? Now it's not foggy. Yes. Doesn't, I, I, <laughs> it doesn't compute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, we, we could go on forever talking about all sorts of things around there. But I think if we were to stick with the mobile phone and the distraction and all that sort of stuff, the, 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 the driver for me now looking at where we go from here is the fact that the government have announced that they want to make a change to the legislation because yep. of the Loretto case. Um, and that's good news. And I really hope they do something with it. But I'm, I'm, I, I want to be so proud of this country, so proud of this government, that they say, you know what, 
we're not only going to deal with the issues that came up from the Barreto case, we're going to go two, three, four steps further and we're going to make everything safe and they're going to tackle hands-free use. Um, and that's going to upset a lot of people. It's going to put a lot of noses out of joint. It's not going to sit well with people for a long time unless it's really communicated to them properly and clearly the dangers that come from it. And, and, and this admission in many regards, because the evidence was there in 2002 before the legislation came in in 2003, they admit, they admit that they were wrong by making hands-free legislation um, okay. Yeah. But I hope they grasp it. That's the thing that where we're at now, we're at an important sort of crossroads and it depends which way they turn now. Yes, and this is not about saying to people, um, you know, you're not, it's not that we're saying you're not capable of doing X, Y, Z. It's about safety and it's safety yeah. for everybody else because one of the things I can say, Neil, is the moment it goes wrong, yeah, the moment it goes wrong and something happens, that's when people's lives are in danger and guilt, yeah. remorse, uh, it, those are things that you really, really don't want in your life. No. Safety, no. safety and a little bit of, you know, irkism. And a little bit of, yeah. well, I'd like to be able to do X, Y, Z is, is part of the, you know, growing up, being yeah. mature and mm -hmm. thinking about not only yourselves, the future generations. And I think that's probably one of the things that comes up in the court cases the most, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming back on. And, My you pleasure. Know, thank you. And thank you for doing this talk again to another level. Um, and I know that we're both uh, up early in the morning to do this. So, um, you know, I think we've both got a busy day ahead. So yeah. thank you very much, Neil. And I'll you on Twitter. And thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Take care. This podcast was edited by Rory Kavanagh, an audio enthusiast and music producer.